The Productive Woman, Episode 236. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about the roles of consumption, creation, and contribution in making a life that matters. You'll find more information and links to resources I mentioned in the show, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 236. This episode is brought to you by Gusto and by Text Expander. One of my most used productivity tools, Text Expander, has recently released some new features, which I'll talk a little bit about later on. But keep in mind that the Productive Woman listeners get 20% off their first year of Text Expander. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander and let them know the Productive Woman sent you to take advantage of that 20% discount. I want to take a minute right now to talk about a new sponsor, Gusto. If you have a business or you know someone who does, you probably know that small business owners wear a lot of hats. And some of those hats are totally great. But some, like filing taxes and running payroll, for example, yeah, not so great. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for small businesses. Fast, simple payroll processing, benefits, and expert HR support all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes, so you don't have to worry about it. Plus, they make it easy to add on health benefits and even 401ks for your team. Those old school clunky payroll providers just weren't built for the way modern small businesses work, but Gusto is. So let them wear one of your many hats. You have better things to do. Listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. So try a demo and see for yourself at gusto.com slash tpw. That's Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, gusto.com slash T-P-W. And now let's get right into our topic for this episode. You know, I love learning new things. I have always been one to spend a lot of time reading, watching, listening to resources that provide new information and new ideas. But I'm also aware that the pursuit of new knowledge and information can be a procrastination technique, um, whether conscious or not, to avoid taking action that feels overwhelming or scary to me. And I know I'm not alone in this. I have had conversations with others who do the same, and I've seen discussions about this in the productive woman community. So I thought it was time to maybe talk about it a little bit. Consuming information is important. We should always be learning and growing. And there's so much great information out there that we should be taking in when it's appropriate. But consuming information also needs to be balanced by creation and by contribution. And let's talk about what I mean by all of that. So let's start with consumption. What do I mean when I'm talking about consumption? I'm talking about reading, watching, listening, attending. It's uh, it's about taking in information and ideas. 
And it is valuable. Consumption of content helps us learn and grow. It helps us improve our skills. It helps us expand our viewpoint and our perspective. And so it is valuable. It's important to to take in new ideas, to take in new information. And there are lots of sources for consuming information. There are books, there are journals and blogs, there are YouTube videos. And I will confess that um, that's kind of a big one for me. There are conferences and podcasts like this one and others. There's coaching, there are webinars, there's lots of sources to get information, ideas, direction for things we want to learn about, things we want to improve in, things we want to get better at. And like I said, I think it's important to to consume information, but it's important to do it wisely and not let it take the place of some other things that we're going to talk about in this episode. The risk of consuming, of consumption of, of information in this 21st century world is that we can be always consuming and never doing anything with it. There is so much information out there. There are so many great ideas and so many great sources of inspiration, of, of, of information, of ideas, of motivation, all those things. And so we could, we could really spend all our time just taking in that information and, you know, even taking notes on it and filling up notebooks with ideas that we get from these sources of information. But if we never do anything with it, then we run the risk of fooling ourselves into thinking that we're making progress toward our goals because we're always studying and researching and gathering information. And yet, we have not done anything with it. And simply taking in information, while important, and even an important first step when we have decided to pursue a particular goal, it's not enough. It is not accomplishing the goal. It is getting ready to accomplish a goal or getting ready to pursue a goal. Another risk of consumption is and I struggled with how to articulate this, but I think of it in terms of how it applies to me personally, that we can succumb to unthinking consumption to fill a void in our life and to avoid thinking about what's driving that restless need to consume. If we are spending most of our time, or even just a lot of time, taking in information, listening to podcasts. And y'all know I love podcasts, and I think they are valuable. At least I try to make sure this one offers value. But there are thousands of podcasts out there. We could spend all day, every day just listening to podcasts. And even the best ones, the ones that give us lots of ideas and information and motivate and inspire us, they are not a substitute for taking action, which we'll talk about in a minute. And we can spend all day reading blog posts, reading books, watching YouTube videos, attending conferences and watching webinars. We can spend all our time doing that and fill up the the space around us with this noise. And I don't mean to trivialize the value of any of those things because they all have their place. They're all important. They all provide something for us. But if we're doing a lot of that, a lot of listening and watching and, you know, even note taking, 
are we trying to fill a void or or fill the space around us with sound and noise coming at us to avoid thinking about why we're doing it? Why do we feel that drive to get more information, to take in more? Um, you know, consumption can kind of become a default for us that we spend time doing that instead of doing other things that maybe would be more productive. One quote that I read as I was researching this topic, because this is something I've been thinking about for a while, and I will confess it is something I struggle with personally for reasons that we'll talk about in a minute, but it may apply to you as well why we do this. But uh, one of the articles I read was so good, I wanted to share a little bit of an extended quote from this article. It's called Create More, Consume Less, and it was done by the minimalists. And I'll have a link to this article in the show notes for this episode. I, I encourage you to check it out. And this kind of goes to that concept of unthinking consumption that we're trying to fill a void in our life with. And this is what this article says. Marketers do a great job convincing us we need more. They establish a void, so we will try to fill it. This is no secret. In fact, we take it for granted now. Amongst the bombardment, we realize what advertisers are doing, yet we still give them carte blanche with our attention. We let them into our homes, onto our screens, and into our personal lives via Facebook and other outlets. And when we do, the void grows deeper. For most of us, however, the void has nothing to do with the need to consume more. In fact, the opposite is true. When we consume too much, we experience stress, anxiety, and depression, effectively deepening the void. Our possessions possess us. They weigh us down mentally, physically, emotionally, and the void becomes cavernous. We must realize the real void is on the other side of the equation. The void most of us feel is a creative void. We're so caught up in our consumeristic mindset, we forget our inherent need to create. The solution then is to create more and consume less. If we spend more time creating, we will spend less time consuming. This is how we move the needle of contentment back to the positive. This is how we resolve our individual issues regarding compulsory consumption and mindless self-indulgence. I know that's kind of a long quote, but I thought it was so good. And of course, they're talking about consumption in the sense of buying stuff and accumulating possessions. And we, you know, we talked about that, I think, in the last episode about clutter and decluttering and all that sort of thing. But it's valid and applicable here in the context of what we're talking about in this episode, the idea of consuming ideas and information and that temptation to do that because we're feeling this urge, this restlessness, and we think, well, I just, let me, let me watch something. Let me listen to something. And what this article is saying applies in this context of needing to have an outlet for what we've consumed. That is, although we try to fill the void that we're feeling with taking in more, what this article is saying is that the void is on the other side of that. It's a 
creative void. And we need that outlet. We need to uh, do something with the information that we've taken in. And so that kind of leads into the next piece of it, this the, the idea of creation. Consumption is important. Taking in information, learning new things is important. But if we, we need to do something with it. And so that something is creation. Now, what do I mean by creation? I'm talking here about taking action, about doing something with what you've learned. One writer said, no matter how much you learn, until you create something, you're no closer to achieving your goal. That's what we were talking about just a minute ago. It's easy when we have set a goal to ourselves to persuade ourselves, to fool ourselves. And and I'm pointing at myself here into thinking that I am, you know, making progress on my goal because I'm taking lots of notes and I've watched webinars and YouTube videos and, you know, listened to some podcasts and feeling very motivated and inspired. But until we've actually done something with it, we are not moving any closer to our goal. Actor Shia LaBeouf has said, there's a tendency to mistake preparation for productivity. You can prepare all you want, he says, but if you never roll the dice, you'll never be successful. And that's true. I think it's important to learn and grow, but if we never do anything with it, then it is just consumption without results. The value of creation is immense. Uh, and a few things that I thought of as I was kind of going through my my thinking about this topic, what is the value that creation brings to us? It refreshes us. Uh, it refreshes our mind and our spirit. I thought of the analogy of a body of water that has inflow, but no outflow. It becomes stagnant after a while. If all we do is take in information and ideas, but we don't do anything with them, our mind and our spirit can become stagnant. And so if creating something, doing something, taking action on the things we've learned refreshes us mentally and spiritually. It also builds confidence and self-worth because we see results that we're producing. And it puts new things out into the world for ourselves and for others to enjoy. And so there's, those are just a few things that I thought of that uh, are value that is brought by creating by taking action and doing something with the things that we've learned. So why don't we do it? And this is a question I ask myself, and and I'm going to give an example for me. I love writing. I actually do enjoy writing. And I have wanted to write books since I was a little girl. I actually, you know, wrote stories and did things. But as an adult, I haven't produced books. Uh, I have studied the craft of writing. I have a collection of hundreds of books on the craft of writing. I have attended conferences and watched webinars and gone to writing retreats. And I have a, a manuscript for a novel that's pretty much finished, but I haven't, you know, gone that last step, finished it and actually submitted it anywhere. And I have been working uh, on and off on this proposal for a book about the things we talk about on the podcast for a year now, and I haven't finished it. I have taken in lots of information and ideas and motivation and, and inspiration on the topic of writing, but I haven't actually produced 
writing in the sense of of a book as I've wanted to since I was a little girl. Well, why? Why Why don't I do that? And that's the question I'm asking of all of us right now. Why don't we do it? When we know the value of it, that it's, it's putting something out into the world for ourselves to enjoy, for other people to enjoy. It, it builds our confidence. It builds our self-worth, our sense of, of accomplishment that we have achieved this thing. We've produced a result as opposed to just taking in and consuming information. Why don't we do it? Well, there are a lot of reasons why, you know, and, and I'm sure you're thinking of some right now of why you're, you're not, you haven't done the thing that you've thought about doing that you just keep gathering information. Probably a big one is a lack of confidence. We feel like we don't know enough. We don't have enough skill. We don't have the ability. And so we're always trying to learn just one more thing because we think if I can just learn one more thing, if I attend this conference or if I read this book or if I listen to this podcast and learn one more thing, then I'll feel ready to take action. And the fact is we never feel ready. I I don't think. And maybe you're different. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Do you take action always on the things that you learn or are you like me and you kind of lack confidence and maybe you haven't identified it that way, but that's really what it is. And we, we think I just need to learn one more thing and then I'll be ready, but we never get there. Another reason we don't do it is, is a fear of being judged. We fear that what we create will not measure up either to the standards we've set in our own minds um, or the standards we think other people will measure it by. And the truth is, and this is what I'm trying to persuade myself about, is that you don't have to put it out there for others to see. If you are afraid of being judged, if you are surrounded by people that don't support you or you don't have someone who does, you can just create it for yourself. You don't have to put it out there for other people to see, but it's important to create anyway. So I would encourage you as I am trying to encourage myself to just go ahead and and take action to put into practice the things that I've learned, whether it's about writing or some, some of these other things that I consume, but don't create from, Uh, just do it, create it for your own sake. And whether you ever do anything more with it than that, it doesn't matter. Creation still has value, even if nobody sees it, but you. So what do I mean by creation? What kind of outlets do we have? When I'm talking about creation here, you know, the example that I've used is my own writing, but I'm not talking about just artistic uh, creation or crafty creation. It might be cooking. It might be creating a business or a charity or a welcoming home or a garden or a party or a bed and breakfast. What are you interested in? What sorts of things do you consume? That's a key indicator of the things that you're feeling a drive to do something about. Uh, Pick one of those and go go with it. 
Uh, one writer said, and this is actually from a podcast episode uh, at jodymoore.com. She did an episode on creation versus consumption. It's a little short one. I'll put a link in the show notes. It was worth listening to. And she said, creation can take on many different forms. So pay attention to what you're curious about. Remember that consumption is safe and fun and lights up the prefrontal cortex. Creation, on the other hand, initially might feel scary because you're being vulnerable. You might not be good at it and others might judge it. But she says, please don't let that stop you. You're here to give something that only you can give. And I think that's important for us to remember. You know, one of the ways that I talk myself out of writing is that I have nothing unique or original to say, that everything I want to say has already been said and probably said better by other people who talk about the things that I'm interested in. And I know rationally that that's that's a fallacy. Other people have written about productivity, for instance. Other people do podcasts about productivity, and yet I sit down every week and talk about it. I, what I have been told by others who have tried to encourage me both on the podcasting side and the writing is that other people may have talked about these things, but they don't bring my perspective, my experience, my point of view to it. And that's what I would say to you as well. If you're feeling like, well, I can't do it as well as so-and-so, other people have already done this thing, whether it's a business you've thought about starting or decorating your home or whatever, you may be telling yourself, I can't do it as well as this person. Other people have already done it. So what do I have to contribute here? Well, the fact is your perspective, your approach, your ideas are different from anybody else's. No matter who else and or how many other people have done the things you want to do, none of them are you. And what you have to bring to that project, to that creation is unique because you are unique. Your background, your experiences, the things you know, the things you feel are all unique and unique meaning, not like anybody else. And so what you create is going to be affected by that. And I encourage you to remember that and just go for it anyway. And so anything can be creation. And look at what you're curious about, look at what you find interesting, and take some action on it. So say you love watching home improvement shows. Well, that's great. They're relaxing. They're fun to watch. Try a project in your own home. Try something uh, that you've learned from consuming all that content. Take action and try doing a project in your home. Do you love reading fiction? Well, try writing a story of your own or writing a review of a novel that you like and putting it up on a blog or something like that. Do you love listening to podcasts? Well, consider starting one of your own. Maybe you would enjoy that. You can take in all that information and then do something with it. Uh, Have you been learning about starting a business and, you know, attending conferences and listening to webinars? Maybe it's time to take action, create something, start small. What is one thing you can do today, even right now, put this podcast on pause and do some small 
thing, take some small action to start creating something that you have learned about. So if you like listening to this podcast and other podcasts about productivity, maybe the action you take is simply to get out a piece of paper and do a, you know, a brain dump, a mind, um, mind dump of all the things that you've been thinking about doing, or all the tasks you're trying to remember, all the things you're, you've been putting off and just writing them down and picking one of them to take action on. That would be an example, I think, of creation based on the things you have consumed. But I encourage you to think about that, this, that consumption is important. Learning new things is important, but the next step is creation. And we all are wired to create in some way. You may not be artistic. I know I'm not, I can't, I can't draw stick figures very well, but there are things you can create and put into the world and the world may be just your home or, you know, you're the space around you, but think more broadly about what creation is. Whatever it is you've been consuming, that is an indicator of an interest you have. And maybe somewhere in the back of your mind is that desire to create something from that. And I encourage you to do that. And then take it one step further. So we've talked about consumption, We've talked about creation, but the other element that I think is important to making a life that matters is contribution. And what I mean by that is finding a way to make the world better in some small or large way through our specific talents, interests, and abilities. That is having a positive impact on the world around you. If you've listened to The Productive Woman for a while, you know that when I talk about productivity, how I define a productive woman is, or man for that matter, but you know, we're talking about productive women here, is a a productive woman is one who orders her life in such a way as to maximize her positive impact on the world around her. And so when I talk about contribution, to me, that's the logical next step from we consume information and ideas, take them in, make them part of our thinking and, and who we are. And we take action on that information and those ideas and we create something. And then the final step in this is contributing, making a contribution, making the world better in some way through our own talents, interests, and abilities, and thus maximizing our positive impact on the world around us. I think this is what brings meaning to life. And I read uh, an article that I thought was so good. Again, links to all of these articles and, and more in the show notes for this episode. But this writer, and it actually was Tony Robbins who said this, if you really think about it, what is life all about? Creating meaning. How do you create meaning in your life? It's not about what you do for yourself. It's about how you're able to better the lives of the people around you, your loved ones, the people in your community, or the lives of people somewhere else in the world. Meaning never comes from what you get. It comes from what you give. And I think that is so true and so important that what we contribute to the world is what brings meaning to our lives. And it doesn't have to be huge, although it might be, maybe you've got some big dream that you've been 
learning and consuming information and looking for ideas and, and inspiration and motivation. And maybe you've even started creating some piece of that. Well, go the next step and go big, you know, make it huge. If that's what the dream is, keep taking that action. And then, you know, you go through the cycle of you take some action, you find out you're missing a piece of information, you go look for that, you get it, you take more action, and then you, you maximize your contribution, your positive impact. But even if it's not huge, it it can be a small contribution to the world. Even if you can't have global impact, you can change the world for the people you see every day. And that's where meaning comes from, right? So the value of contribution, we've talked about the value of consumption. We've talked about the value of creation and what it does for us. The value of contribution is huge, even if your contribution seems small, the world around you and the world at large are a better place when each of us contributes what she can. And our contribution can start a chain reaction because when one person gives in some way, that can inspire others to do likewise. And on a maybe more selfish or self motivated perspective, It's also better for you when you contribute. James Clear, who wrote the book Atomic Habits that we talked about on a recent episode, has shared some information on his blog about research on longevity, that is people who live long lives. And what he said in this article is the people who live the longest not only live healthy lifestyles, but also tend to engage and connect with the people around them. They visit their neighbors, they teach classes in town, they pass down traditions to their children. In other words, they contribute to the world around them. And that's what I'm talking about here. You make the world better by contributing who you are, what you are, what you can to the world. And you can motivate other people to do similarly, to give and to contribute. But you also will benefit from it. We benefit when we make contributions, when we engage with the world and we contribute to the world. Now, there are obstacles to contribution. Why don't we do it? <laughs> There's a, and many of them are the same uh, as are the obstacles to creation, that fear of judgment, a fear of failure, a fear of rejection. We uh, hold back from taking that action, from offering what we can to the world and to the people around us, because we are afraid of, of failing, afraid of looking stupid, of afraid of being rejected. And the only answer for that, whether it's at this level of contribution or back when we were talking about creation, is to manage our thinking on this, to think through it. What is the worst that could happen if you offer your contribution to the world, to the people around you? And could you survive it? If the worst thing that could happen is somebody will say, well, that's stupid. What value does that have? All right. That's terrible. We would that I would I would feel bad if somebody said that to me. But would it kill me? No. So if we imagine the worst thing that could happen if we take that step and offer our contribution and we could survive it, then let's just go for it. Let's take that step. The other uh, 
obstacle we have to offering our contribution to the world is a belief that we might have. And this may be a subconscious belief. You may not really be aware of it, that we have nothing of value to contribute. I think a lot of us struggle with that. We have an idea we have something we want to offer to the world or to the people around us. And yet we hold back because we feel like, well, it doesn't matter. It's not valuable. I'm not going to do anything because I have nothing of value to contribute. And I think that may drive a lot of us getting stuck at the consumption stage, honestly. But this, uh, but it's not true, I guess. We all have something to contribute. You have something of value to contribute to the world. You may not be an artist, but you might be. You might not be, you know, uh, someone who's going to take the world stage as a leader, but you might be. But whether you are or not, who you are and what you have to offer is valuable and it will make a difference in the world. One writer has said, knowing yourself, trusting yourself, respecting your talent and honoring your contribution is the core of your expression. Your contribution to the world is not defined by size or greatness. The infusion of sincerity, honesty, authenticity in your expression is the measurement of your contribution. That is so important for all of us to remember. Don't, um, don't minimize what you have to offer and the difference you can make in the world. So how can you contribute? Well, by being the best version of yourself, by giving whatever you have to the people around you. And I would encourage us, uh, you, me, all of us, to remember a few things when it comes to having the courage to contribute, to offer who we are and what we have to the world. First of all, don't measure your contribution against other people's contribution. What other people are doing is not relevant to the value of your contribution to the world. And again, whether it's artistic or business or kindness or whatever it is, offering of yourself to the world is of immeasurable value. And it has nothing to do with what other people are doing. The world needs what you have to offer. Uh, James Clear in his article, The Easiest Way to Live a Short, Unimportant Life. And I really recommend this article. Watch, uh, check out the link in the show notes. He says, you alter the course of others' lives by what you create and contribute. When you speak or write or act, you influence the people around you. When you contribute something to the world, you matter. And thus the act of creating enhances your feelings of self-worth. I want to say that again. The act of creating enhances your feelings of self-worth. What you have to offer matters. We talked about that whole self-worth boost in the creation section of this article, but it matters for contribution as well. The world needs what you and only you can offer to it. So whatever that is, are you a good listener? Well, the Lord knows there are people who need to be heard. You can make a huge difference in the world simply by paying attention to the people around you and hearing them, really hearing them. Are you a writer? 
Well, you can write books, articles, blog posts, letters. Are you a business person? You can offer a product or a service that can make the world better. Your contribution matters. The idea is simply to look outside yourself for a place where you can make a difference and be there for someone in need. That contribution can change the world. And if we all do that, if we all take the things we've consumed, the things we've learned, take action on them and create something in the world and contribute it, offer what we have created to the people around us and to the world at large. If we all do that, the world will become the place we all want it to be. So I hope that this has given you some food for thought. Uh, a couple things I want to say at the end, uh, and this comes from, again, from James Clear's article, and I just thought this was such a great way to end it. He said in his article, and again, link in the show notes, please read this one. Um, he says, creating and contributing to the world is not only a foundational piece of living a healthy and happy life, but also a meaningful one. You can't control the amount of time you spend on this planet, but you can control what you contribute while you're here. He goes on to say, these contributions don't have to be major endeavors. Cook a meal instead of buying one. Play a game instead of watching one. Write a paragraph instead of reading one. You don't have to create big contributions. You just need to live out small ones each day. Uh, I, I can't think of a better way to say it. Uh, what we do matters. Taking in information, consuming is important. Consuming adds value and helps us to develop our skills. But what we create from what we've learned, what we do with it and how we offer it to the world makes a huge difference for us and for everyone around us. So what do you think? Do you challenge yourself to learn by consuming content from others? Do you take action on what you've learned to create something new in the world? And how are you contributing? How are you making a difference, making a positive impact on the world around you? I would love to hear from you, your thoughts on this. Uh, you can share your questions, your thoughts, your ideas in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 236. And again, you'll also find links to the articles that I mentioned there, and they are certainly worth checking out. You can also post a comment or question about this topic, about this episode on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. Or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, let's continue the conversation there. I would love to do that. If you want to share your thoughts about this episode or anything else for that matter with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. If you wouldn't mind, I would appreciate it if you find this podcast worthwhile, if you'd help me spread the word about it. The most important thing I think you could do is to tell a friend about it. Uh, people find podcasts based on word of mouth, and they're more likely to listen if someone they like and respect 
uh, recommends it. So tell your friends about this episode or any episode that you like, help them learn how to subscribe uh, so they can become a part of the community as well. You can also share this episode or any other by going to the show notes. So in this case, it's the productivewoman.com slash 236. And at the top of that post, you'll see buttons that will allow you to share a link to this episode on your social media channels. So Facebook or Twitter or, you know, various things like that. And I would love it if you do that. Uh, I always appreciate it when people choose to uh, leave a review of the podcast in iTunes or elsewhere. It, you know, but I think people, when they're looking for new podcasts, uh, that maybe if it's something that hasn't been recommended, they may check out the reviews to see what people think about it. And so if you want to do that, you can go to the productivewoman.com slash iTunes, and that will take you right to the, the place on in iTunes where you can subscribe or where you can leave a review. I want to say a thank you, special thank you to Trace K30 from Canada, who recently left a review of the podcast in iTunes. Um, it says, love this podcast. Um, Trace K30 said, I love this podcast and all the great information it brings. I always find a new idea or something to try by listening to each episode. And so I appreciate that kind review. I want to say something too, because I appreciate honest feedback and Trace K30 said something in her or his review that I, I take to heart and I appreciate this. And it really, it was a comment about the sponsor reads, the ads on the show um, that Trace K wishes there weren't so many of them or that it didn't take so much time. And I appreciate hearing that. It's, I, I want to say that I struggle with how to do that. Obviously, sponsors help me provide this content to you for free. Uh, creating a podcast takes time, but it also takes money to put it out there in the world uh, for uh uh, hosting of the audio for show notes and help in putting the things together. There are expenses involved. The equipment to record it costs money. And I, I will confess that I struggle with whether to accept sponsors or not. And so hearing your feedback about that, I get it. I understand. I try to always make the, the sponsorship reads as um, concise as I can. Sometimes I get a little carried away because here's the deal. I never accept a sponsor that I don't believe in that, and that I don't believe will be of interest and of value to you as a listener. And so some of them I get pretty excited about because they are products or services that I've used myself for a long time. And I want to make sure you know how great they are. And so I will continue to, to think about that. I've got to cover the costs of doing this so that I can offer this content to you without charge. But I, I do hear you trace K 30 and let me see what I can do about that. Now to that point, uh, I do want to say something about one of our sponsors for this episode and that's text expander. I, this is one I can go on and on about because I've used text expander for a long time, long before they became a sponsor of this podcast. 
and Text Expander 6.5 for Mac OS and 2.0 for Windows now sports a new visual editor for snippets. This new editor makes it easier to see and edit the snippet fill-ins, dates and date math, nested snippets, and more. It allows you to insert words, phrases, forms, templates, and more with just a couple key clicks everywhere you type. Text Expander allows you to take control of your time by letting it handle your repetitive typing tasks. And if you love telling everyone about Text Expander, as I do, um, you can, they now offer an affiliate program that will help you learn a little bit extra. The Productive Woman listeners get 20% off their first year of Text Expander. And in my opinion, it's worth every penny you spend it uh, on it for the way it helps you be more productive. So visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. That's textexpander.com slash podcast for a 30-day free trial and 20% off your first year. Be sure to choose the Productive Woman in their How Did You Hear About text expander drop down question. Uh, again, textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know the productive woman sent you. Uh, also, don't forget Gusto, which offers modern, easy payroll benefits and HR to small businesses across the country. They were even named the best online payroll by PC Magazine. And as a listener, you'll get three months free when you run your first payroll. So sign up and give it a try at gusto.com slash tpw. That's gusto.com slash tpw. And thank you to Gusto and Text Expander for supporting the productive woman and helping me continue to offer this content to you. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. And I hope you will take some action on it. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.